Well, on Wednesday, July 24, back in 2002, nine Pennsylvania miners went to work for another normal day. But this day would be anything but normal. They kissed their wives goodbye, said goodbye to their kids, and were out the door. They ranged in age from 31, being the youngest, to 52. And as they worked that day, something happened that would change the next many hours for them. They tapped into an old, abandoned, poorly documented Saxman coal mine, 240 feet underground. Immediately, an estimated 75 million gallons of water came gushing into the mine, trapping the nine miners in a section that was only four feet tall. And with a small air pocket, these nine miners huddled together and tried to survive. Can you imagine? 240 feet underground, 50 degree temperatures. You're soaking wet and you only have a small pocket of air with which to breathe. Well, everyone sprung into action. One of the first things they tried to do was pump as much water out of this mine as possible as it was coming out from the top and in area by wells. Anywhere they could find that they could pump water out, they started putting everything to work that they could. And within eight hours, a small borehole successfully penetrated the 240 feet of solid granite. That's that line here on the left-hand side, I believe, that's trying to get down where they were in this pocket of air to give them more air. Three bangs on the air pipe told rescuers that they had found the right spot. And while fresh air was being pumped in, air was also being released and coming out from the pressure of the water underneath, causing the air pocket to, in fact, disappear. So again, can you imagine yourself in that place, 200 feet underground in the darkness, with just enough light to see that the water is rising? After 24 hours, an enormous drill arrived. Oh, I have to back up. After discovering that the air was escaping, it was, in fact, they were able to close that off and close the new hole that they had made to keep the air from coming. And so the water was not coming up as quickly, but it was still coming up slowly. After 24 hours, an enormous drill arrived from West Virginia to start boring a 30-inch hole to the rescuers. However, only a third of the way through this 240-foot rock, the diamond-tipped drill bit broke, leaving bits in the hole with no way to recover them. In fact, a special tool had to be made to get the pieces out of the 139-foot hole they had just created. And upon hearing the boring noise, stop. And then silence. The miners thought that was it. By this time, they had been trapped now. Well below the surface of the earth for 28 hours in these wet and cold conditions. They were doing their best to huddle together, to share body warmth. But when that drill bit stopped, they said, we know what that is. I don't think we can survive much longer. And so on bits of scrap of cardboard, they started writing notes to their family in hope that the notes would be found. 
Have you ever felt trapped with no way out? Trapped in circumstances that are overwhelming, perhaps. Perhaps a job situation, a financial situation, a health emergency. Maybe it's a court case, family dynamics, marriage issues, whatever it is, the future looks scary and things are very uncertain and you're praying that God will move that mountain. Have you prayed that prayer? But so far, nothing's happening. And you look around you and to be sure, it's not rising as fast, but the water is still rising. I'm aware of many situations in this church, and I really see it as a great honor of mine to enter into the very personal parts of people's lives. But within this congregation, I can think of many people that have overwhelming situations that are weighing heavy upon them at this very moment. And for those that I'm aware of, I'm sure there are dozens countless dozens of of those individuals here that I am not aware. So what do you do in those situations? Job, he too woke up to what he thought would be another ordinary day. Until in the course of just a few minutes, he was overwhelmed with loss. You remember the story well. You can read about it in Job chapter 1. First, he loses 500 oxen, and 500 female donkeys, so probably there was closer to 1,000 donkeys in total, and the servants. And on the heels of that news, fire from God falls and consumes his 7,000 sheep and the servants as well. And before he has a chance to process that news, he is told that raiders came and stole his 3,000 camels, and servants were killed as well. And then he gets word. His seven sons and three daughters were all killed simultaneously while they were eating and drinking at the older brother's house, and the house collapsed, and they're all dead. But notice Job's response. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. Wow. And then he says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be Blessed be the name of the Lord. And as if all of this is not enough, the drama continues. Job is struck with painful boils from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. And they are painful. So much so, in fact, that his wife comes along. This is the next thing that happens. And her counsel is simply, Job, curse God and die. And Job's response to his wife, shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? And then, of course, you know about his friends that come. Yet despite his lack of understanding, Job still keeps coming back to the core issue. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. This is incredible. Coming from a man covered in sores, having lost everything, his wife is discouraging him, his friends are discouraging him, and he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The one thing you cannot take away from me is my trust in the Lord. 
I know that you can do everything, he says in another passage, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God, you're all powerful. My life is fully in your hands. Whatever you want to do is fine. So in your situation, can you trust in the Lord this morning? With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? In all your ways, acknowledge him and allow him to direct your path? Are you able to say, God, nothing's too hard for you? And do you believe that he has your best at heart? Ministry of Healing, 479, challenging quote, you know it well. God, how often? Never leads his children otherwise, and they would choose to be led if they could see the end from the beginning and discern the glory of the purpose in which they are fulfilling as co-workers with him. This is incredible. He never leads his children otherwise than they would choose to be led. This is an amazing quote. The question is, do we believe it? I submit to you that Job did. Chapter 23, verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot is held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips, and I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job is resolved to follow God, to trust in him no matter what, to keep his way above all else. Just a few chapters later, we read, as long as my breath is in me and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness nor my tongue utter deceit. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast, and I will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. Despite all that Job went through, he hung on to his integrity. Chapter 14, verse 14, he says, All the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. Folks, I don't know if you're like me, but it's not easy to wait. It's a lot easier to do and do and do and do to the point of exhaustion, but to wait is not easy. But what's the call of God's people at the end? Here is the patience of the saints. But Job has hope. Listen to this next slide. Job 19, 25 to 27. For I know, I am certain, he could have said, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. This is the hope, the blessed hope. God will have the last word. Friends, this is the hope of every believer. As uncertain your situation may be, be of good courage, knowing full well that your Redeemer lives. 
He lives to make intercession for you and for me. He lives to give you wisdom. He lives to give you peace and hope and life eternal. He lives to give you victory. So having recovered the pieces of the drill bit, 139 some odd feet down, they began drilling with another drill bit. Yet it was an 18-hour setback in getting the pieces out, getting the new drip, drill bit mounted and down. How were the miners now? Were they okay? Would they make it? As it was, had the drilling continued, and this is the, the key here, had the drilling continued, though, however, without this 18-hour setback, not enough water, they found out later, not enough water had been pumped out of the well, and the hole would have completely destroyed the air pocket, and the miners would have all died. As it was, all nine miners survived with the last man exiting the mine 78 hours later from the initial incident. But what's startling to me is what initially looked like God's abandon. The drill bit broke. This is a tragedy. And they waited, and they waited, and they waited. What initially looked like God's abandon was, in fact, for God's glory and for their redemption. Jesus had told us, in this world we will face trouble. But be of good cheer, he says, for I have overcome the world. We will face significant trials, but Jesus says, take heart, I'm with you. Job 42, verse 10 this whirlwind vision, if you will, or, or version of, of the story of Job. And the Lord rest restored Job's losses. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Not just in cattle and livestock and riches and houses, but in children and in grandchildren. Friends, the story of Job, I believe, will be ours. If we will but just keep trusting in him and by God's grace, hold on to your integrity. Wait on his provision at his time. Knowing full well that your Redeemer lives and that he will make a just end. If you just hang on, Job's story will be ours. And heaven will be cheap enough. So just keep holding on. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.